0: Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at oursaviorschurch.com. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation and give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, I pray you give us a mind to perceive and a heart to receive all that you have. And I ask that after this message, we will never be the same. In Jesus' name, come on, and all the people that slept in this morning to come to the 11 o'clock service, say amen, amen. You may be seated today in the presence of the Lord. One of the things that you'll discover as you study God's word is you'll see The consistency throughout it. One of the consistencies of the miracles of God happens to be that it is always an expression of God's goodness. When you think about the people that were hungry and the disciples told them we don't have anything including themselves. How many of you know that was a bad situation? Jesus took the two fish and five loaves, and he blessed it and multiplied it, and the people got fed, and the baskets of the disciples were filled. It was an expression of God's goodness. When Lazarus dies, and his sisters send out for Jesus, but he comes four days late, he reminds them that I am the resurrection. How many of you know this situation was bad? Until... He yelled out Lazarus' name, and Lazarus came walking out of the tomb and was resurrected. It was an expression of his goodness. You see, every miracle in the Bible is an expression of the nature of God. And the nature of God is that God is good. You see, the truth is, is that most people believe that, well, you know, I have, you know maybe I'm going through something bad. For God to teach me something. How many know no good parent would want their children to go through something bad to get a lesson out of it? And so you're not going through bad things because you're a bad person. It's that you live in a bad world. And there has to be goodness that comes. And so the nature of God and who he is is Good but every one of us are facing stuff. We're facing problems, we're facing situations, and every problem you face is a problem that comes from the natural things. We live in this world, we're not of this world, but the problems we face are natural problems. And so in order for the natural to be overcome, It has to collide with the supernatural. In other words, you got to take the supernatural up there and bring it to the natural down here. My problem is the natural and it's here. The answer to my problem is the supernatural that's up here. And so the only people that God ever created, the only thing God had ever created that he gave access to what's up there to come down here is you and I. A dog can't do it. A cat can't do it. Come on. Nobody else can do it. You have access to what's up there to bring it down here. Your problems are down here. Your promises are up here. And so what takes the promise and brings it down to the problem is called faith. So faith, come on somebody, takes the promises of God that are up there and they bring them down to the problems that are down here. And so when I'm walking by faith, I have access to the promises to bring them down to overcome the problems. So what happens is, Is that you have problems. And and this is the one thing you got to understand about faith. Faith is not the denying of problems. It's the fact that you just don't speak about them. See, most of the time we speak about our problems. And all you do is just speak about, well, this is what I'm going through. This is what's happening in my life. And you're just going through problems. And so you're speaking problems. You were never called to speak to problems. You were called to speak at problems. And so what I do is that I got to acknowledge the problem because every miracle is the result of a problem. This is why the church in some degree hasn't experienced miracles. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. The same anointing that was back then is an anointing today. The difference is, is that every one of them acknowledged their problem. You go to church today, People sitting there, hands crossed over their chest, in the presence of God, and sitting there having all kinds of problems. And then you wonder why you're not experiencing a miracle. And the reason why you're not experiencing a miracle is because you haven't acknowledged the problem. You cannot, watch this, you cannot conquer what you're unable to confront. And so what happens is, is that you have a problem. But what you have to do is you have to find the promise in God's Word and that promise in God's word has to connect itself to the problem to the problem because the promises of God are yes and amen and so when i attach the promise to the problem i do it by faith and so what happens is now what i'm doing in my life is that i'm not being led by my problems I am now being led by the promise of God. And at the end of the day, my faith enables me to acknowledge my problem, but it gives me the power to overcome my problems. And so I'm not sitting there saying, everything is great. I'm sitting there saying, man, my business isn't doing well. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm not sitting there saying, well, you know, my kids, they're all great. No, my kids are going through a tough problem. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, what am I doing? I'm acknowledging the problem. But come on, somebody, I'm overcoming it by the promises of God. And so your fight... your problem is not the problem most of us get drained because we're fighting the problem you were never called to fight the problem God said the battle is not yours the battle is mine God says vengeance belongs to him The Bible says he's your rock and your fortress, your help in the very times of trouble. So you're not fighting the battle. You're fighting for your faith. That's why Paul says, I fight the good fight of faith. Because faith takes what's up here and it brings it down here. And if the enemy can attack your faith and he eliminates your faith, then all of a sudden now, you'll begin to waver on the promise. You'll begin to sit there and say, God, when are you going to do it? I've been waiting. It's it's been a long time. I keep on going to church. I keep on serving. I keep on giving. And the enemy's going to drag it out to the point because he knows he can't defeat you. So what he does is he tires you out to the point that you just give up on the promise and next thing you know, you're just stuck with the problem now. See, the fight isn't the problem. The fight is for your faith. That's why Paul writes in the book of Galatians, he says this. He says, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed you with the same blessing that's upon that he promised Abraham. So that we who are believers might receive the promise through what? Come on, through what? Come on, say it like it's an 11 o'clock service. Through what? So it's through faith that I access the promise. So it's my job as a person here to walk by faith, it's God's job to bring the promise. Stop worrying about the promise and start doing what you're supposed to do, and that's walking by faith and not by sight. Not walking by feelings, not walking by emotions, but walking by faith. I'm going to walk by faith knowing that faith accesses the promises of God, and the promises of God are yes and amen, and he who has begun a good work inside of me is faithful to complete it. So I'm accessing it by faith. Well, Pastor Robert, how do I do it? Well, when you look at this story, it's more than just the fact that Jesus just multiplied their fish. The miracle was deeper than that. These expert fishermen had no fish. They were done. They had been fishing all night. And now they're about to go home and they have no food. They have no provision. Their nets were empty and their boats were empty. Because they had not heard the word yet. And then all of a sudden Jesus comes. And the first thing he does is he speaks the word. And once the word was spoken faith is activated so they're in the same place same type time of day they got the same nets and the same boat and it's all empty and Jesus gets done speaking the word then he says hey go try it again and their response in the natural was Lord we've done this all night Because your response, anytime faith is heard, is often going to be a natural response. Well, Lord, I've been praying for two years and nothing happened. Lord, I've been trying and nothing happened. And God, Jesus said, okay, launch out your nets into the deep. And they launched their nets out. The same nets that were empty and they were washing. The same boat that was empty. Now all of a sudden the catch is so big, the nets break. The catch is so big that their boats begin to sink. And they have so much more that their friends that were out there who were in the same position with no fish and, no, and none, none of the fish in the boat, they get enough fish to fill their boat. That miracle didn't happen because they were great fishermen. That miracle happened because they responded to the word. Are you hearing me? Listen, your growth doesn't happen because you're talented. It happens because when you hear the Word. Because when you attach your life to the Word of God. So let me give you three steps to how to receive a miracle pertaining to this story. The first is that you got to hear it. you got to listen to God's Word. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then it must be true in the natural. That doubt cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of man. See, all, See all, most of us run to people before we run to his word. See, the Bible says, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. So this, these scriptures became a human being. And the humanity of Jesus was walking the earth three and a half years, and the Word did miracles. The Word turned water into wine. It was the Word that healed blind Bartimaeus. It was the Word that took the man 38 years lying in the pool and and told him to take up his mat and walk. It was the Word that sat there and took two fish and five loaves, come on, and fed the multitudes. It was the Word, come on, that took the man with the withered arm and he stretched it and it came forth. It was the Word that casted out demons and stepped on serpents. Why? Because the Word became flesh. The prophets of God. Before Jesus came, if they spoke the word, they would say, thus saith the Lord. Prophet Nehemiah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Then all of a sudden the word became flesh. And the word, when the word became flesh, you didn't hear Jesus say, thus saith the Lord. What you heard him say was, verily, verily, I say unto you. Because no longer was the word just words. Now the word was flesh. And so once Jesus died, you didn't hear, Thus saith the Lord. You didn't hear, Verily, verily I say unto you. You heard, In the name of Jesus. Can I tell you something? That you got something that's more powerful than any other people that walked on the earth. You don't say, thus saith the Lord. You don't say, verily, verily, I say unto you. You get to say what Moses couldn't say, what Isaiah couldn't say. You can say, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. So what happened? The word... Got to listen. Faith comes by hearing. You don't chase after faith. It comes to you. So the word became flesh, dwelt among us. The person of the word died, resurrected. He's not at the right hand of God. But the word is here. People say, Pastor, Obed, I want to get close to Jesus. Open this up. It's his word. A person's word is what's on their mind. You want to know what God thinks about your problem? It's here. All you have to do is open it up. I get up in the morning and I have my devotion, not because I'm a pastor. I get up every morning and have my devotion and read my word because I want to get closer to Jesus. I can't get close to the humanity of Jesus because he's at the right hand. But I get close to the spirit of Jesus because he left his word. Come on, are you hearing me? You can't separate the two. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But that's just part of it. Come on, Joseph. What you have to do is you got to walk it. And what the enemy does is that he'll get you to the point that you'll just pick up all kinds of trash And in that trash is hurt, it's brokenness, it's doubt, it's fear, it's anxiety, it's depression, it's worry. And most people that are coming into church who are covenant believers are carrying on trash. And the reason why is because they don't know how to trust. What do I trust? When all I've been is disappointed. What do you mean disappointed? Well, Pastor Obed, I've been believing God for my miracle. It hasn't happened. Are you still breathing? Because he who has begun a good work is faithful to complete it to the end. That I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. And I'm everything in between. See, the devil knows he can't defeat you. What he does is he allows you to fight this battle longer than what you should so he tries to wear you out. And most of you are not drained by what you're going through. Most of you are tired because of what you're carrying. That's good. And so you're just walking around carrying all this trash doubt, fear. Listen, it gets heavy, yeah. Yeah. it gets weighty. And so you come to church and you're like, oh man, I don't wanna to go to church. I got going through all this stuff right now, but I'm just gonna go you're trying to figure out who's speaking today. Well, I don't know, I don't know. And then you come to church and the word is thrown at you, right? And then it bounces right off. And then all of a sudden you go home and you're like, well, I shouldn't have went to church. That word wasn't for me. No, 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 no. The word was for you. The problem you couldn't, the reason why you couldn't receive it is because your hands are still holding too tightly on the trash. That's why. Some of you have such a tight grip on your hurt and on your pain, you hold it because you just love that victim. Oh, well, look what's happened to me because all you're used to is talking about your problems, your problems, your problems, and God keeps on throwing the word at you, keeps on throwing the word at you, keeps on throwing the word at you, keeps on throwing it, and it just bounces off, and then you get frustrated. like, God, where are you? And God says, baby, I've been here the whole time. But what happens is, is that you got to when you hear it, you got to let go of the trash and take on the Word. That's what you have to do. Because at the end of the day, listen to me. At the end of the day, you can't hold on to trash and trust at the same time. you got to hold it on. So this is what Jesus was saying. Jesus said this. He says, if you hold to my teachings. He didn't say... Hey, if you hear my teaching, he says, if you hold on to it. So that means I heard faith. I heard the promise. And so now... That Pastor Joseph got the promise, and it's the word of God. Now he's going to walk this out. And the devil's going to be whispering all the time, pick up this trash. I'm telling you, God's not going to do it. I know, I know. Listen, you see how long it's taken? He's all, you thought you would get it next week. But guess what? It's been a month, and the devil just keeps on talking. I'm telling you, things are going to get worse. I'm telling you, and what is the devil doing? Because the devil's the greatest trash talker. He'll just talk a bunch of trash. And all of a sudden, the only reason why he'll talk the trash is because he's trying to get you to let go of the promise. This is why the Bible says you got to hold on to my teaching. Why? Because the devil's trying to knock it out your hand. Because he knows as long as you hold on to the promise, come on, you can activate what's up there and bring it down here, and miracles will begin to happen. Come on, somebody. Many years ago, my brother, he graduated from pharmacology school, and his degree in pharmacology was making medication, so he made all the chemotherapy. So if someone did chemotherapy, but they were diabetic, they had all these type of things, my brother would mix it all up. But we had no idea that my brother would start taking drugs, but it became so good because he would... He would do all the drugs, and then he would IV himself and just let it drain at night, go to bed, wake up in the morning, feel like he's a good man, and then he'd go to work. My brother would drink. He'd go out, drink all night, knowing that he had to be at the hospital that morning. He would just IV himself, drain it all out, get up, no hangover, be at work. This went on for years. But about three years ago, he had asked to use my car and kind of knew something was happening. And when it picked up my car, it was dirty. I'm a little OCD. And I went and looked, and underneath I found a torch, a big torch, and a little bit of foil. And I'm like, oh, I know what this is. So I called him up. I said, are you on drugs? No, I'm not on drugs. Man, you're on drugs. And then you know how they get, well, why are you accusing me of drugs? There you go judging me. I'm like, oh, no, you don't play that game with me, brother. Trust me, you ain't playing that game. And, you know, little by little, hey, Obed, I need 20 bucks. Hey, I, and I knew sending them things, I was like, I can't do this. And I finally told my sister, I said, we can't do this. Mamas, let me help you out. One of the hardest things for us to do at that time was cut the cord. But we had to do it. Because the Holy Spirit said, Obed, if you continue to feed this, you're, you're feeding the problem. You're not defeating the problem. I was confessing the word, but I was feeding the problem. And so I told my sister, Liz, don't you send him nothing. A couple of months went by. I get a call one day. I'm in a pastor's meeting. He says, "Obie, you have to come pick me up. You need to take me to a hotel. I said, where are you at? He says, I don't know. Pin me. But well, when I pinned him, it was a bridge. And I knew it. He'd been sleeping under a bridge. The whole time, me and my sister, hold on to the confession of your faith. Don't waver. Don't get doubted. Don't go pick up that trash. You love him and you keep on loving him. You make that love so irresistible that he cannot resist it because the love of God leadeth man to repentance. Love of God covers a multitude of sin. A love of God conquers all. Obed, don't you dare get bitter because if you get bitter, you're going to stop the blessing of God that's about to happen because you're standing in the gap for his miracle right now. I need you to confess the word. Just begin to declare it. And the Holy Spirit would bring things back to remembrance that I remember when my brother was dedicated. I remember when my brother was leading worship. And I would sit there and say, he's a marked child of God. I would tell the devil, you can't touch him. My mother used to tell us all the time. She says, children, you'll be successful at anything you put your hands to. Go into business, you're going to be successful. Go into ministry, you're going to be successful. She goes, but well, I'm going to tell you one place you'll never be successful. And I said, what? She said, she said you'll never be a successful sinner. Wow. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, you're too anointed. When you were in my womb, I'd rub my stomach. And I say, God, thank you for anointing my children. They're, you guys are two marks, so you can go out and sin all you want to sin. And at the end of the day, you're never going to be as successful a sinner as other people because you were never called to be successful as a sinner. You were called to be successful as a man of God. So we holding on the confession of my faith, and so I'm on my way to pick him up, and I heard the devil tell me, he's going to kill you. What? He's going to kill you. And then all of a sudden, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, and the gates of hell would not prevail against me. What was I doing? I was confessing the word. I was holding on to the confession of my faith. So I pick him up. He's like, take me to the hotel. I'm like, I'm not taking you to the hotel. I'm taking taking you to a rehabilitation center. He says, I don't need to go. I said, look at you. I'm taking you to a rehabilitation center. He says, I don't want to go. I say, You don't have a choice. You're in my car. You want to kill me? You want to fight? Whatever you want to do. At the end of the day, I'm taking you to a rehabilitation center. And he says, Okay, well, then take me to McDonald's. <laughs> so I take him to McDonald's. He's high, coming off of it. He's ordering all this sweet stuff. And we drive. I called the CEO there. He goes to our church. He says, Bring your brother. And I bring him in, and a lady walks out. And she says, Pastor Obed, is this your brother? And my brother, I could see shame all over him. He's sitting down. I said, no, son, brother, get up. Just posture up. And she looked at me, and she looked at my brother, she looked at me, and she says, Pastor Obed, everything's going to be okay. I said, Okay. I'm not here as a pastor. I'm just here as a brother. That's it. Okay. And she says, Pastor Obad, you want to know why everything's going to be okay? I said, why? She goes, because seven years ago I walked in your church looking like your brother. And now I'm a counselor here, and I get to have the greatest privilege. I get to serve your brother like you serve me. And so I remember my brother going in and I was scared. He's going to go through a detox. I know what that feels like. He's going to have all these things going in his mind. And the Lord started saying, confess the word over his mind. And I started speaking, God, let us fix his mind on things on Christ and not on things on earth. God, thank you that you have the power to renew his mind right now, that he may know the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. I started to confess the word over his mind. And then all of a sudden, he goes in, and I'm sitting down, and I'm boohooing, And I'm just thankful. And I said, I'm going to make this place my sanctuary right now. I'm going to give God praise for the deliverance of my brother. And I was weeping, and I looked up, and some girls come in my way. And my first thought of be 100% transparent, I said, Lord, please don't let her come up to me and ask for prayer. <laughs> because I'm not here as a pastor. I'm here as a brother. And she, he, she comes up to me. She says, Pastor Obed. And I kind of looked up. She says, I heard your brother's here. I said, yeah. He's in the room. She goes, everything's going to be all right. I said, well, praise God. She says, no, Pastor Obad, look at me. And I looked at her. She says, look up, look down, and then look up again. You're not checking me out. Just look up, <laughs> look down, and look up. I said, okay. So I looked up, I looked down, I looked up. She says, Pastor Obed, Three years ago, I walked into your church like your brother, and after detox, he's going to be my assignment, and I want you to know that your brother's going to be okay. I'll never forget leaving that place. I was so drained emotionally. I went home, put my pajamas on, and just went to bed. I woke up, the devil trying to throw fear. Your brother's going to leave. He's too hooked on drugs. What did I have to do? I had to hold on to the confession of my faith. The devil trying to knock it out. I got to hold on to this. Well, a couple of days later, we get a phone call. Two o'clock in the morning, your brother's been sent to the hospital. We don't know if he's going to make it. I got up, I took this Bible, and I did what my mother does. I put that thing on the ground. I stood on it, and I said, Lord, I thank you that I'm standing on the word of God, and my brother shall live and shall not die. He is a heritage of the Lord. I will not fear. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to have peace because you who have begun a good work in my brother is going to be faithful to complete it in Jesus' name. Friends, I went to bed and had the best night of my life. Why? Because I'm a pastor? No. Because I held on to the confession of my faith. I didn't go back to picking that trash up. See, the Bible says this. Watch this. He's not afraid of bad news. Who's not afraid of bad news? Those whose hearts are firm. They're fixed. They're trusted in the Lord. His heart is steady. It's immovable and it's unshakable. He will not be afraid, watch this, until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. What am I here to declare to you? I believe that God brought me all the way here to Lafayette, Louisiana to tell you, don't give up until you see the victory in your family in Jesus' name. Come on, you hold on to the confession of your faith and you declare, thus saith the Lord, you declare the goodness of God and breakthrough's gonna happen in Jesus' name. Oh, I feel something in the atmosphere right now. Come on, I got a few more minutes. A few more minutes, watch this. You gotta hear it. The second is you gotta obey it. And then the third, you gotta receive it. But let me give you this. In Romans chapter 5, therefore, I'm going to close. Having been justified by faith, put that scripture up. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, the word's going to give you peace. The devil's trying to take a peace. God's going to give you peace. People are not going to understand why you're still smiling. While hell is still breaking loose all over around you. Why? Because I have peace. And it says through him also, watch this, we have access by what? Come on, by what? Come on, say it like me. By what? Into. So that means we're stepping into something that he graces us with. I look back now and I go, I don't even know how I went through this. Honestly, I didn't know how to not beat the living daylights out of my brother. Many times I just wanted to just, oof, Lord. That gangster in me came out. And I look back going, how in the world did I not sock him? Because I was graced. There's a grace on your life. And you don't know that grace until you look back. And you go, oh, my God. All that went on, and I still had a smile on my face. I still showed up to preach grace on your life. You see, my dad, doctors called us and said, looks like your dad took a turn for the worse. He's going to, it's going to be a few months, he'll go home. My brother we hadn't talked to my dad for 12 years. He, my dad would walk in the house, my brother would walk out. My brother living an alternative lifestyle, God heals it. Hooked on drugs, God heals it. But the root was that my dad, my, my brother was bitter at my dad. It drove him crazy to these things my father wasn't there giving him affirmation so he found it in other men and so my brother goes take me to dad's house we go we walk into the room and my dad's eyes blow up and he goes come here and I go me he goes no 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 him And my brother comes and throws himself on my dad. And my dad throws his arms around him. And my dad and my brother begin to weep. And I'm watching the supernatural collide with the natural right in front of our face. And I'm seeing years of hurt being Healed in an instant. Like, it's just, something broke. And they're weeping. My sister and I are in the background weeping. And my brother, after about 45 minutes, let goes, And my dad looks at me and my sister and he goes, I can go home now. My son has come back. My brother has been off drugs for two years, has a dream job, living the dream that God has given him, has a relationship with his family. Come on, I'm telling you, I'm living proof I'm not just speaking it. I walk this thing. I carry that burden. I understand that if I hold on to the promises of God, he who is faithful will make it come to pass. Obed, all you got to do is walk by faith. I'll send the promise, and I'll bring healing in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, listen to me. Some of you, the Spirit of God is in this place. It's breaking right now. It's breaking over your life. You've been believing, getting tired. When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? You love them. You don't speak to that problem. You speak at that problem. When they leave, you sit there and say, okay, where's that problem at? Where's the promise? And you know what I did? I took a, my, a piece of paper, I drew a line, I wrote my problems. Right next to them, I wrote the promise. And every morning I'd get up, I asked my wife, I'd get up, and i say, Lord, I thank you that the promise of God says this about my problem. I'm not denying my problem, I'm not called to fight my problem, you're called to fight my problem, I'm called to hold on to the promise of God, and I'm going to believe it until, until it becomes in the natural. Come on, somebody. Some of your businesses, you need to call in because at the end of the day, God's about to do an increase like you've never seen before. Because at the end of the day, you're a covenant child of God. It's God we serve, it's His goodness, it's His nature. He wants it. You're not called to carry burdens. You're called to carry the cross. That's it. Your children are His. Your job is His. Your marriage is His. You give it back to Him. And you say, Lord, I'm holding on to your promise. Today I want to pray for those who are needing a miracle. You need a miracle from God. Specifically in the area some of you are believing God for people. Maybe it's a husband, maybe it's a child, whatever it is. You say, "Lord, I need a miracle today." I just need the promise so that I don't speak the problem. Come on, wherever you're at, just lift your hands. Just say, "Pastor, I need it right now." Look at that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your miracle working power. It's your word. We apply the word of God. And we declare Isaiah 5511 that your word would not return unto you void. It will accomplish what it's been sent out to do. And we declare over this family of God here in watching We declare that our families will be saved. We declare that our businesses will prosper. We declare that no lack shall enter my household. We declare today that the peace of God will invade my household. We declare that unity will grow and increase and it will break the spirit of division over relationships. We declare that right now. We believe it in Jesus' name. Now listen. Listen. You heard it. You're holding on to it. Now you got a what? Come on, now you got a what? Come on, now you got a what? Come on, say it one more time. Now you got a what? I heard it. I'm holding on to it. And now I need to... We're okay, about, we're about to speak it. We're about to speak it. We're going to declare a declaration. The difference between a declaration and prayer is prayer is asking. Declaring is speaking his word. Job twenty two twenty eight 28 says, the words in which I declare, so will they be established. You're walking out not just with the spoken word. You're walking out with that word in your life being established. Are you ready? Lift your hands towards heaven. We're going to repeat this on the count of three. And then when we're finished, let faith arise and let your enemies be scattered. Come on, somebody. There's going to be an explosion in this place in about another two minutes. And I'm telling you, every devil in hell is trembling because faith is going to come out your mouth right now. Come on. It's not just you just didn't hear it. Now you're taking authority over it. Come on, are you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. I declare God's incredible blessings and goodness over my life. I will see an explosion of God's goodness, a sudden widespread of increase. I will experience the surpassing greatness of God's favor. It will elevate me to a level higher than I ever dreamed of explosive blessings are coming my way now as angels have been given a sign to bring them to me. Today, I will experience God's faithfulness. I will not worry. I will not doubt. I will keep my trust in Him knowing that He will not fail me. I will give birth to every promise God put in my heart, and I will become everything God created me to be. I have the grace I need this week. I am full of power, strength the word and determination. Nothing I face will be too much for me. I will overcome every obstacle, outlast every challenge, and come through every difficulty better off than I was before. I declare it is not too late to accomplish everything God has placed in my heart. I have not missed my window of opportunity. God has moments of favor in my future beginning today. He is preparing me right now because he's about to release a special grace and goodness to help me accomplish that dream. This is my time. This is my moment. I am ready to receive the goodness of God in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God. Let's give God right now. Let's give God right now. Let's give God. It's running after you. The goodness of God is running after you. It's running after your children. It's running after your business. The goodness of God. Come on, let's sing it. Let's worship him now.